Regardless of how we find ourselves in the world of divorce, the one thing we have complete control over is how we behave from here on out. We have two choices. One is to remain stuck in the stories, the anger and pain. And the other is to take a breath, adjust our sail to the wind, and work harder than ever before to create a new story for our children, for ourselves, and for the world around us. It's your choice, your work, but I'll be in your corner. Welcome to In Your Corner Divorce Podcast. My name is Carly Israel, and I am your host. Today, I have the privilege of talking with Dr. Debbie Silver. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to read your amazing bio. So everybody, take a moment. It says, Dr. Debbie Silver is the founder of the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute and is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding your body, mind, and life after a life crisis, and her newest book, Trust Again, which, wow, that offers so much. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, TEDx twice, and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals as well as any other blocks preventing them from the health work, finances, relationships, confidence, and happiness they want most. Dr. Debbie, welcome. Thanks so much. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Me too. I, when I was writing and reading through your bio, I was just so impressed. And before we started, I asked how you found yourself in this world. You said you've been in this world for a long time, but tell the listeners how you got in the betrayal world. Ooh, you don't pick betrayal, you know, it, it picks you, it picks you, who, who would and, pick it? right? So you don't study something like that unless you have to. And uh, I had a horrible family betrayal and I, I thought I learned all the lessons I was supposed to learn from that experience, but apparently I didn't. And then uh, I had another opportunity to learn. And this time it was my husband, anybody who's been through it, blindsided, shocked, devastated. Um, and so I got him out of the house and, and I really was desperate to understand how the mind works and why people do this stuff and, and how I can heal. Um, not, maybe not what a lot of people would do, but for me, the other question was like, what's common with these betrayals? And I realized it's always been about everybody else. You know, I had four kids and six dogs and a business and everything. And it was always about everybody else. And I was like, no, no, no. What's changing here is now it's about me. And so I enrolled in a PhD program. Before you get there, are you willing to, without any details, tell us what kind of betrayal it was? With my my husband, it was infidelity. Okay. Did you find out or did he tell you? What happened was I got a, I got an email and, and then that just blew everything up. And he actually uh, was the one who told my kids. So I, when you were, yeah. when you received this email, were you blindsided? Oh, you know, at the time I was, and I talk about it in trust again, it, it was so shocking. But at the time I was at an event in New York city and we were on a break and I checked my emails and there's the email, you know, that you never want to receive. And I call him confronting him and he said, yes, it's true. And then the break was over. It was like five minutes. And I walk back into this event as if my world j- just didn't crumble 
a minute before. How do you think you, why do you think you walked back in? You just like didn't know how to function? I, I, was, I was probably just in shock. Yeah. And I, I didn't know what else to do then, but just keep going at that moment. And, and I'll never forget. I mean, I just, um, I was in a, you know, bad way by the end of that night and someone I, I, I was going to, um, I think she drove me home, but drove me to the train station because I had taken the train in and he sat my kids down and told them that night went, before you got home. Yeah. Right before oh. I got home. And then, um, they picked me up. The kids picked me up and uh, he got out of the house and it was just um, everything. Everything crashed. Just did absolutely you, crashed. Um, tell him to get out of the house? Like, did you even know what to do that night? Yeah, I, I knew that I couldn't think clearly with him around. Right. And I knew that now, you know, now it's about me. I mean, he, he just, he broke every rule mm-hmm. that he would, you know, and I, and I just, at that point, it was just a complete death and destruction of the old. I had no idea what I was going to show up. Said. No idea. But what I knew for sure was I, it was all about my healing and it was all about the kids and it yeah. wasn't about him. And, uh, How and old were th- your kids? They were teenagers. So wow. four, and I think for him, one of the biggest reasons why he transformed to the level that he did, I can't imagine what it must be like to have four teenagers looking at you like you did what to our mom and I think you know if you're gonna fall from grace it's because of something like that I mean I had my own pain to deal with right that was the the the, probably the biggest shock for him you know as much as he realized how much he hurt me right that was well because it's a decision that affects so many people so you mentioned before we started that that was in September and then by January, you were in a PhD program. Yeah. What What was even crazier was this was this was September 2015. Six weeks later, I did my first TEDx. Wait, what? I, Wait, and I about have, this issue? I wasn't ready to share it yet. No, it was about some, a separate issue. You can you can read between the lines when I'm doing that first one. And what was so crazy was I don't. First of all, I don't even know how I did that. And but what was even crazier was there was something going on underneath. You could feel it. I could yeah. feel it. And I think that's why that, that, that one TEDx gets a lot of views. Uh, there's something what very was that wrong. What about? Um, why we sabotage ourselves. Why? Oh, my God. Yeah. And, and, and I was kind of talking about it without talking about it. But, you know, I, I'll never forget. I remember le- you know, reading, I think it was Dr. Joe Dispenza. And he said, you know, uh, wisdom is experience without the pain. Mm. And I was not ready to speak from wisdom just yet. So, no. so I wasn't. I, but the second TEDx, do you have post-betrayal syndrome? Mm. I mean, that's when, you know, that's when I did. But, um, but that was, that was a, a very scary moment. But it was, there was something about getting him out of the house, taking my own needs seriously, just focusing on work, the kids, me, that allowed for just the next set of questions to show up. Can you take us through a little bit of that process? Because there's so many of my listeners and clients who face this kind of betrayal. And I want to know what your process was to get from September till January when you made the decision to empower yourself and get your PhD Mm -hmm. and go on this. And I also want to know personally, like where things were with your husband in terms of how things were going. 
Yeah, so, so it, it's one of those things where um, I just, I was committed to healing without having any expectation or idea of what it would look like. But I was just committed to, to just this healing process. And it was so interesting because I was seeing private clients at the time and, and they were like, how are you doing this? I was teaching them these processes and, and giving them this, this insight. And I'm like, I don't know. It was partly by what I was learning. Um, but there was just, I was just getting these downloads one download after another, after another. And the thing with betrayal, you know, you, your whole sense of trust is completely shattered. You don't trust your betrayer and you don't even trust yourself because you're like, mm. I'm a bright person. How did I not know? So the study proved this to be true. And I know I did this as well. You, you, tr you sort of trust in something other than you. And there was a real move in the study towards the spiritual side of your religion or you abandon religion completely and move towards spirituality. If you weren't spiritual at all, you started picking that up. And it was so crazy because I had like 10 years of spirituality under my belt, which thankfully I know that saved me. But because I was in that place of, of not trusting, I met with a, a spiritual counselor who's since become a dear friend. And I walk in and this is my first meeting with her and she's just laughing. And I'm like, what? And she goes, Oh, how you two plan this. And I'm like, what? She said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You needed, he needed something so catastrophic to just crash and burn. So he can become the husband, father, friend he's supposed to be. You needed to crash and have this deep pain and then heal and be able to teach coming from this deep place of knowing you're going to have books. You're going to have this institute. You're going to have a whole following around betrayal. I'm like, you're crazy. <laughs> of course, right? In the middle of your mess, right? That's where the beauty yeah. comes, like you said, the downloads. So while this is going on, mm -hmm. have you made a decision about what you want to do in your marriage? Were you considering staying, leaving, or did you know you wanted to stay? I didn't know. No, at that point, I was, you know, it's an interesting thing because my ego was screaming, are you kidding? This was right. the absolute deal, deal breaker. There was 100%, uh, there, was, there was not one cell of me that was okay with it. And then there was the 10 years of spirituality under my belt, which was like, what if this is what we needed? Oh, what I if, love Wait, say it again. You know, what if this, say it. Yeah, what if this is what we needed? What if, and what if that, you know, intuitive coach is right? What if the whole reason I'm going through this is for a much bigger purpose? What if? And it was torture going back and forth between, you know, my ego saying, are you joking? No, there's, this is an, absolute no there's nothing to talk about here and my soul saying what if and it and it really um it was messing with me so hard uh and and i landed in the hospital i thought i was having a heart attack turns out it was because you were having attack. anxiety oh yeah i never experienced anything like this and i've been through death of a loved one i've been through disease i was in icu for 11 days nothing got me like this so when this is going on, are you talking to your husband? Not so much. Like in the very beginning, um, it was just about the kids. You know, anything, I got him out of the house and I said, listen, uh, of course, we'll talk about the kids. Anything we need to deal with, we will. But the truth is, I really see that I, I have nothing in common with this version of you that you've become. And I just, this new version of me that I'm creating, I was settling. I really was settling and I'm not willing to do that. And he said, well, what, and he realized, you know, how 
devastatingly painful this was. And, but, I, but I was coming up with my non-negotiables. Mm. And, and that's the whole idea. It's the death of the old in order to rebirth the new, but people are afraid of that. I love that so much. So I, um, full disclosure, I'm 21 years sober in AA. And I always say to the women I work with that the old Carly has to die in order for the new Carly to live. Yes. And when you're talking about, you know, like when I look at all my stories, so my memoir just came out and it's basically this whole thing like that you're talking about. It's generational trauma and all these horrific things that had to happen. It's called seconds and inches. So you can see it, right? Mm. You can see your seconds and inches. And you ask yourself, could I have become this thought leader, this speaker, this author, had this not happened? No way. No, no way. way. That's, that's the thing. So, so I remember he said, what do I, what do I need to do? And I said, well, I, I listen, you know, I, I've been spiritual for like the last 10 years and, and you've been just, you know, making fun of me and, and mocking it, but that's who I am. And I really have no interest if that's not where you are. It's totally right. fine. Right. But that's who I am. No Tell judgment. Me, it's just not what I want. Not what I want because I'm, I, I'm just telling you who I am, what, I, what I'm and looking for. And you're empowered now that you get to say what you want and what you don't want. That's it. And so tell, he said, tell me what to read. Tell me what to, you know. And then he would send me like passages of you know, things he was reading and what he was getting from it. And, 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 this, and I saw it. And then the kids would tell me, mom, you know, he's so different. And, but I wasn't convinced at all. Right. How know. could you be? It takes time, right? That's it. So, so um, he decided to see, and I wanted him to see someone too, another, a different spiritual person who he could really right. you know, speak to. And, it, and this is so amazing because, I mean, we've become dear friends too. And he said, Debbie, I've been doing this for 26 years. I have never seen anybody swing so far from being one way to another. I mean, this was the biggest wake up call of his life. He but had to have happened. It could not have happened. You know, some of us get a whisper and we're like, okay, I need like you to smack me in the face of the two by four with a gun in my face to go, oh, it's time. And he had to lose it all. He yeah. had to lose it all. And, and he did. And that's what happened. And I'm sure that if that wasn't the case, you know, th this wouldn't, you know, we, we never would have even spoken again, really, because how I, long were you physically apart for months? I mean, it was definitely months. It's kind of a blur now. Um, because, you know, when I jumped into that PhD program, like that just, that took over my life. Um, but it was, it was so amazing because I, it was time for a study and I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal and what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? I'm, I, I'm so impressed. So it literally leads me right into our next question. Tell us what post-betrayal syndrome is. Yeah, that was one of the three discoveries. Okay. And um, it turned out that there was this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal that now we know it as post-betrayal syndrome. And you know, we've had about 8,500 people in the last year and a half or so take the post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. Every age, almost every country is represented. And what I find so crazy about that, about, uh, that quiz is there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? I read every single one of these things. And people write things like, and we've all heard time heals all wounds, and that's not true, not when it comes to betrayal. Because people say things like, my betrayal happened 40 years ago, and I can still feel the hate. 
My betrayal happened 30 years ago. I'm, I'm unwilling to trust. That makes me want to cry. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. It's like it happened yesterday. Mm -hmm. And so we know it doesn't heal until you face it, feel it, heal it. It's the only way. It's the face only it. way. Face it. Feel, feel it. it. Heal it. Heal it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So tell us what are the collection of symptoms for post-betrayal? Yeah. So there's, there's a huge uh, a collection of them, but it would be like physical. The, the most common physical symptoms would be, um, would be extreme fatigue. You could sleep all night long. You wake up, you're just exhausted. Uh, weight changes. At first you can't keep food down, but then you start, you know, you start putting on weight because you're driving, you know, cortisol, the stress hormone, it's, it's packing on uh, fat, particularly your midsection. So that's really common. Digestive issues. This was so huge. And it was interesting because about 45 to 50% of people who've taken the quiz have a gut issue. And I, and I think this, I mean, think about this. Your gut digests, processes, and absorbs food. Well, isn't it difficult to digest, absorb, and process a betrayal? Mm. Like, is it any wonder why your gut's off, you know? Yeah. So that was, those were some of the, the physical ones. Mental chaos, mental chaos, confusion, overwhelm, brain fog. You can't wrap your mind around what you just learned. It makes no sense. And then the most common emotional ones, I mean, think like 88% deep sadness, anger, 86%. I mean, you just mix sadness and anger together. That's a powerful combination. Yeah. You know, anxiety. It's, it's just, there are so many, so many. You mentioned when I asked you about what is post-betrayal syndrome, you said that's one of the three, the three what? Discoveries. Tell me what your three discoveries are. Yeah. So the, so one of them was that there is this collection of symptoms called post-betrayal syndrome. The, the, uh, one of the other ones was that, you know, I was studying originally, I was studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. I was looking for the upside I of something. I love post-traumatic growth. That's my favorite. <laughs> I love it. And I was studying like, okay, let's see. Let's talk about betrayal and post-traumatic growth. Like what, what can we do with this? And, um, you know, it's just the upside of trauma. You know how that trauma leaves you with a new insight, awareness, perspective. Yes. But I was like, mm, I've been through death of a loved one and disease, and this feels really different for me. But I didn't want to assume. So I asked my study participants, and I said, if you've been through other traumas besides betrayal, is it different for you? Hands down, unanimously, they said, oh, my gosh, it's so different. And it's so different because with, let's say you lose someone you love, like I lost my mom. You, you grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, but you don't necessarily take it personally. Betrayal feels intentional. You ask what's wrong with you. Yes, yeah, so you take it so personally. So the whole self has to be rebuilt because you're struggling with rejection, abandonment. Right. Especially when it's a sexual betrayal because but, yeah. why did my partner not want to be with me? That's it. Or, that's what it feels like, right? Yes. A confidence, worthiness, belonging, trust. So post, so if you want an equation, it's like, so, so anyway, so I coined a new term. When you heal from betrayal, when you have that post-traumatic growth, plus you rebuild the self, it's not post-traumatic growth. It wasn't enough. So I, I figured you're like, okay, we need a new name for this. So post-traumatic growth plus rebuilding the self equals post-betrayal transformation. Which is what you do. That is your institution. Yeah. yeah. So what so was that, the, is the third discovery that? the post? Yeah, no, no. So the third discovery, this one blew my mind. <laughs> when this happened, I mean, in the geekiest way, I thought my head was going to fly right off my body. What we learned was while we can stay stuck for years 
decades, a lifetime, many of us do. If we're going to fully heal, we're going to move through five stages. And what's even more exciting about that is now we know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at each one of those stages and what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So what that means is healing from betrayal is predictable. You can find out what stage you're in. And if you're willing to just do certain things, you move predictably from one stage to the next. And I'm happy to share what the five stages are. I would love for you to do it. Okay. So the first is like a setup stage. And, and this is like, if you imagine four legs of a table, four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with every single study participant, me too, was a heavy lean on the physical and the mental and kind of neglecting the emotional and the spiritual. So what does this look like? It looks like we're really good at thinking and doing and not really paying attention to the feeling and being. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's where intuition lies, right? Stage two. So that's like a setup stage. Stage two, by far the scariest stage. This is when we're blindsided. D-Day, Discovery Day. Mm. And here's the breakdown of the body, the mind, the worldview. You have just ignited the stress response. So you're headed for just about every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind, you, you you can't figure this out. It makes no sense. And your worldview has just been shattered. That's your mental model. This is the way the world works. These are the rules. Don't go there, right? And in a moment, totally shattered. And a new worldview hasn't been constructed yet. So here's truly where the bottom bottoms out on you. But if you were walking down the street, and the bottom word to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could. Yes. Stay alive. Yes. And that's stage three, survival instincts emerge. It's so practical. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How will yes. I survive this experience? Who can I trust? Where do I live? How do I feed my kids? But here's the, this is the trap right here. Once you've figured out how to survive, it feels so much better than the trauma you were in that you're like, whew, I'm good here. No, you're not. You feel so strong, though, while you're walking through that. Yes, but the but the challenge here is you haven't even transformed yet. There are two other stages, but because this feels so much better, you think it's good, and then what happens is you start getting all these small self benefits from being here. You get to be right. You get your story. You get someone to blame. Uh, you don't, yeah, you get a target I'm so for your glad anger. you said that about your story. So in the work I do with my clients, I tell them, we're going to talk about your story one time and then we're letting it go because it's no longer serving you. Like yeah. how long can we, I mean, you've already made the decision. My clients are, have made the decision to leave mm-hmm. and their main goal is to make sure the children are being put first That's and that they're beautiful. making really good decisions. So that means the story is over. If you need mm-hmm. to talk about it, go seek out therapy. But this is only about moving forward. And that story doesn't serve you anymore. But I love what you're saying, like that indignant anger of like, I'm, I've got it and you're bad and I'm good. And-, mm-hmm. and it keeps you rooted right there. And then the longer you're in that stage, the harder it is to leave. Because now- like That's a dangerous stage to it's leave. Very, it is. Because now you start saying to yourself, well, maybe what they, maybe it's true. Maybe I'm not all that. Maybe this, maybe that. And then like energy attracts like energy. So now you're calling situations and circumstances and people to you that confirm this is where you belong. And now it's really hard to leave. And here's the thing. There are people in this stage for decades, if not a lifetime. And they've just resigned themselves to thinking, well, this is going to be as good as it gets. So whatever. And they're not happy with their health. 
their body, their lifestyle, their, their finances. They're not happy with so any of it. Let me ask you but- a question. I have, one of the really cool things that I've gotten to do is I do anonymous surveys of adult children of divorce. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I see a lot is they're one of the parents, usually the one who was betrayed mm-hmm. is so angry and negative and won't show up to an event if the other person's there, will miss grandchildren's birthdays, will not be at a wedding. And it sounds like they're stuck in stage three. They are, they are. And it doesn't look good. Like it's not a good look and it makes everyone miserable because what happens is they, then the poor child who's become an adult and has like an exciting event, like a wedding, they're like, their first thought after yes is, what am I gonna do about my parents? Yeah. It's, and, and that's the thing. And people don't realize there's so much more healing to do, but they'd have to give up their, their story. And you know what it's like? It's like if you're, it's stage three is like here, you're holding on to one bar of the trapeze. You know, you see the other bar, you can even grab it, but you're not going anywhere unless you let go of the first one. Yeah. And, and that's where people stay stuck. But if you're willing, willingness is a huge word right here, but if you're willing to let go of all the benefits you were getting in stage three, you could move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. Yeah. Here's where you know you, you've accepted. My, my old normal doesn't exist anymore. It's no longer an option. And, and I always uh, explain this, like if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, your stuff, it's not cozy yet. You know, you're not really settled in, but it's going to be okay. When you're in this mental space, you're turning down the stress response. You're not physically healing just yet, but you're not causing the massive damage you were causing in stages two and stage three. But this is also what was so interesting. If you were to move, you don't necessarily take everything with you. You don't take the things that don't represent the version of you you wanna be in your new space. And what I saw moving from stage three to stage four was a change in friendships. If your, fr- yeah, if your friends weren't there for you, if it was a one-sided friendship, if they were indulging in low-level energy gossip, what, you're done. You don't have that. You can see it differently because you're a different person. Yeah. And a lot of the things that you used to associate yourself with as important have now been ripped away. And that's actually a blessing. It because is. now, right? So in stage four, I wrote down, you don't take what you don't need. That's and it. I'm actually a person who loves like going around my house and going, what don't I need anymore? Like I love getting rid of things because if it's not serving me, I want to create space for something that is going to serve me. Absolutely. And people, they're so um, freaked out by this because they're like, what's happening? These have been my friends. And I, I just feel like I don't belong. Is it me? Yes, it's you. You're changing. Yes, it's you. You know, it yes, is, but in, in a great kind of way. So just so you know what it is, so it doesn't freak you out. So anyway, so when you're settled into this uh, space and you're, and you're good with it, you can move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. Your body starts to heal. You've turned down the stress response. You didn't have the bandwidth for eating well, exercising, self-love, self-care. Like you were surviving. You weren't interested in that. Now you so are. Are these yours or is this science? This is, this is the research that I did. And these were the discoveries that were made. So you named the stages? Yeah, this is what. You know what's so doing. crazy about this, Debbie, is I did this without having names for that. But like, if you look at how I create my program for divorce, for my divorce clients with the goal of becoming the parent that never makes them have all that yucky stuff, it's exactly the same thing. It just doesn't have the numbers. But it, it, like my fifth one is the Renaissance. Like it's mm-hmm. like in order for 
a building, you know, you're in New York and I always talk about 9-11 and how long it took to remove that rubble and how mm -hmm. long it took to plan the next part. You know what I mean? And so, and you can't do it from what you used to have. Yeah. So it's actually really a, a confirmation that we're in the same like realm, the same thought realm of that what was once is no longer, that you can't stay the same mm -hmm. and that if you want to stay in that miserable place, that's a choice, but there's consequences. It's a hundred percent of a choice. That's it. Because we know exactly what you need to do to, to move from that stage where you're stuck, that stage three to that next stage. But if you have too much invested in staying stuck, you're, you're just not going anywhere. You're just not. So then you, but you know, here you can move into this fifth stage where your body heals, your mind heals. You have a new worldview. And remember the four legs of the table? We were only focused on physical and mental in the beginning. Now we're solidly grounded because we're paying attention to the emotional and the spiritual too. So those are the five stages. And it just came about by studying, you know, wow. these, these study participants and the research and there was. So how far into your research and your work did your husband come back and did you start rebuilding a new life together? Yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because it was, it was definitely a process. And at the same time, um, you know, I learned that rebuilding is always a choice, whether you're rebuilding yourself and moving on. That's what I did with my family. It just wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Um, and then it was a, personally a much harder road to rebuild with him. But it wasn't because now it involves a different type of forgiveness. It's one thing to forgive. Yeah, forgiveness, of course, it's always for us. But when you forgive and move on, you're sort of, you know, you're dealing with one set of like, okay, let me, do, let me really forgive for real and move on. But when you're forgiving for real and rebuilding, um, I was only willing to do that if it is a completely different and new relationship. And it was hard for me to believe, is he really, really different? But there's very little about me. That's the old version of me that I had become. So how I was like, could, okay, well, how could there be? Yeah. Did so any of your children give you any pushback? You know, this, this really helped too, because they all in their own way, um, sat me down and said, mom, we're behind you. You know, whatever works for you, we're good with. And that was so helpful. I mean, I never wanted to burden them with anything, but I also wasn't going to hide anything either. Like right. I, I'm just going to be real and authentic because right. that's just the way it is. And, and then by the time I, I went through all of this and then we were getting, a, you know, we, we started really dating again mm -hmm. and, and really liking who each other was and talking about things who that we never, right. that's it. It wasn't the old person. No. It was, who, who he's growing and becoming, right? Yeah. Because he could have easily walked away, gotten thrown out and called you a bunch of names, made a bunch of stories up and stayed the same. Yeah. You would have continued growing mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. it would have been a very different story. Absolutely. Because I was not willing to compromise. I was not- You were gonna, not willing to go back. No way. And, and, and I think he, he was becoming so different that he didn't like that version of him either. I mean, it was so obvious just in daily actions, what he was doing that was so different. I mean, it's like he'd go to his office and he would hand out like Wayne Dyer DVDs <laughs> to all the guys. And like, what's happening? He, he, he'd go into New York City on a Saturday morning and feed the homeless. So I was like, who is this person? You know, and- It and, must uh, have been very attractive to you to see a totally different 
version. You know, it was, it was helping to rebuild trust because trust is so foundational when it's shattered. It's a, it's a monster to rebuild. And, uh, and I wasn't, I wasn't willing just to, uh, because it would have been easier to let things go. No, no, I was going to do this, do this the right way. And, and then we did, we, we eventually, um, we married each other again, like new rings, new vows, new dress. And our four kids were our bridal party. Wow. And um, a big concern, you know, was I was like, how are they going to perceive this? Are they looking at it like, you know, anything goes and it's okay? Are they looking at it like I'm weak? Like It was really a concern. Um, and and it w- I really didn't want anybody at this wedding besides us. I can know? understand that because from the outside, and this is probably one of the biggest lessons I learned going through my divorce was nobody truly knows about what's yeah. really going on in a relationship except for those two people. Everyone's got judgments until it's... Yeah at their doorstep. So I like yeah. that you made it sacred. It really yeah. was. And, and, um, but I, and I also wanted the kids to feel really comfortable reading something. Mm-hmm. I had them each write something and I had no idea yeah. what they were going to say. And each one of them in their own way was talking about my strength because they had seen it. You know, right. you're, they, you're a role model. I mean, you, you walked around showing that you lived it. And they saw, you know, I was so worried. I'm like, are they going to look at it as weakness because we're doing this again? And they didn't see it that way at all. Because I guess because they knew it was completely up to me. Mm-hmm. And, and if, I, if I didn't want to, I, I was like, okay, let me just see what it's like. Being yeah. on, I'm on my own and we'll just do that. And here we go. And, you know. So do any of your students, clients um, go through your process and make the decision to not stay, but to heal anyways? Yeah. You, you know, and I tell them right from the very beginning, my work and the work within the PBT Institute membership community is about the betrayed person healing physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually. We never know what's going to show up. Like I remember having a client and she said, oh, I just want us to be good again. Right. And I'm like, I, I, no, no, no. My work is with you. And by the time she did the work, she was like, I'm not even attracted to him in the slightest, you know? So it's not one way or another. It's about the person doing the work and what comes by the time they're in stage five is their own truth. And there's not one way or another that you guide them as a PBT student. It's whatever. Never. And it's a non-judgmental. It's just what I always say to my clients. Cause I do another thing called figuring it out when someone comes mm-hmm. to me whether they're for whatever reason that they're considering. And I really, we just lay out the facts and I never tell anyone what to do. And I show them what their options are. And we ask them really uncomfortable questions, Mm -hmm. but it's always your, it's your choice. Absolutely. And if it's, if it's in their highest and best interest, when they're in that stage five to be with that person, they'll know. And they'll also know if they've clearly outgrown that person, but we don't, we never know. We never know. Will you tell me if there's different kind of betrayals, like in what they are? Sure. Betrayal has many faces. You know, it could be, let's say, uh, and the way it works is the, the more we trusted and depended on that person, the deeper the betrayal. So a child, for example, who is totally dependent on their parent, right? That's going to have a bigger impact than let's say your best friend telling your secret. I feel like in the beginning, you might've mentioned, unless I'm remembering wrong, that you had a different betrayal earlier on. My family. Yeah. And, uh, and that's the thing. So you could be betrayed by your best friend, by your coworker, taking credit for your idea, uh, someone in a position of authority. 
You know, it could be a, a, a counselor, a coach, a therapist who's like, who's, you know, the, the understanding is I'll, I'll help you. And then they do something so wrong, you know? So it's whenever there is the breaking of those spoken or unspoken rules. And so it sounds like you would agree that there's no way to get from D-Day of whatever that is to stage five without all that darkness and work. You cannot avoid it. You know, here's, here's an analogy. It's going to make it so clear. If you've, because you talked about clearing things out. Let's say you have a messy, you know, garage, for example, and you think it doesn't bother you, right? but yes, it does. Cause you avoid it. You don't want to go in, you know, and you, you grab what you need to, you're out of there. And then there's that one day where you're like, you know what? I'm going in and think about what, what happens. You grab your garbage bags, you roll up your sleeves. And now it's even worse because now you have the piles of, I'll donate this, I'll toss this, I'll fix this, or whatever. And you do, and you get rid of all that stuff, and you put back what's left. And think about what happens now. Now you stand back with pride. You're like, look at that. You want to bring your friends over to show them your garage, right? You're you want to so post impressed. it on Facebook. Yeah. You do. And it's only because you dove in and you did the work. You can't feel that sense of pride and accomplishment, that sense of empowerment, until and unless you dive in and do the work. And that's what healing from betrayal is like. So you can't, um, let's say the betrayal was infidelity. You can't make the decision, I'm gonna make my marriage work for the kids, not do the work and just hope that it's gonna go okay. You know, there were three groups in the study who didn't heal. And I'll tell you, the ones where the betrayer had no consequences, where whether it was, you know, religious reasons, financial fear, fear of being alone, break up a family, where they tried just to overlook it, put it behind them. Not only did I only see a further deterioration of the relationship, that group by far hands down was the most physically sick. I bet. Your broken heart can't handle that. No. I have a question for you. Is there ever a time where you like get a pang of distrust? You know, it's a, it's definitely a process. And as you do the work though, um, I really feel that these reminders, these triggers come along to show you how far you've come. The same trigger that like brought you to your knees and you just couldn't even function, you can have the same trigger later on and you're like, oh, doesn't feel good, but you know what? Man, look how, look how much better I handled that. So the triggers still come, but not, they don't, they don't have the same different. power. Right, yeah. because you're different. So for me, where I'm at in my current relationship, I'm remarried and my husband and I are in a real partnership. We both do a ton of work and work together, but I don't have a fear anymore of being on my own. And I also am not afraid if, if the worst case scenario in my mind happened, if I wouldn't be able to survive that loss. And that used to not be the case in, before because there was so much built up into this person, this life, and once, you know, D-Day happens or whatever it is going to be your D-Day, that trauma, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It, you, like you said, you change the way that you look at the entire world if you do the work. If you do the work, that's it. Otherwise, right. you just, you have a brand new story and you're sticking with it and nothing else is going to happen. I could literally talk to you forever. I probably got 10 questions that I did not ask. <laughs> one last question. Sure. Okay. What advice do you have for someone who just found out that they were betrayed? Uh, you know, I, I would say 
um, be gentle on yourself, number one. And number two, say this to yourself a hundred million times until you believe it. Even though it happened to you, it's not about you. It's not about you. Tell us where we can find you. You know, the best thing is really just to take the quiz and they can go to the PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, the pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. And I'm going to include that in our episode notes. And we've got TED Talks to find you on. And your new book, is your new book out? It, I just got Let's the first, it. look at this. Just last night, this came Doesn't in the mail. Doesn't it make you want to cry when it comes out? It's, it's beautiful. Uh, Bring it up again. I want to see it again. It's I'll tell so you beautiful. though, it's, it's very scary. Trust again. Trust again, overcoming betrayal and regaining health, confidence, and happiness. The five stages are in here, walking you through with experiential exercises, my four-step trust rebuilding process, my own personal story. It's all in there. The, study, the stories of all of my study participants. That's your sixth baby because your fifth one was your first book, and this one is your sixth one. When mine arrived, I was like, look at my baby. She yeah. came. Yeah. I am it's so insane. grateful for the work you're doing. You bring so much hope to so many and in such a non-judgmental, empowering way, just this is your work, right? That's why my coaching is called In Your Corner. Like, I can't do the work. This is your work, right? And I'm just so excited to know that there's someone like you out here helping so many people. Oh, thanks so much. Thank thanks for the so opportunity. Much. I mean, it's people like you that give people like me an opportunity to share. We, we found each other. We're lucky to be in the same world. So I'm really grateful for your time, and I wish you nothing but the best. Oh, thanks so much. Thanks. For any listeners out there who want help with divorce coaching, please contact me at inyourcornercoach at gmail.com. Remember, we get to write this next chapter for our kids, for ourselves, and the world around us. Have a great day.